Welcome to Splainin', a podcast for two guys. Where <laughs> <laughs> two guys explain things to each other, but they don't. Do it again. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but they don't. Do you say your name now or do no, I? You say- <laughs> Do it again. Okay, Should hold do it on. again. Three, two, one. Welcome to Splainin', the podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but indeed do not. I'm Evan Smith. And I am Jeff Sims. Factual information. That is the most truth we've ever said. That was the first attempt at that. Yep. And you know what's funny is that normally every other episode we say. Okay, you go first, and then I'll say that next. That's what panicked me the first time we did it. Yep. That's why I screwed it up numerous I times. I saw your face. I was like, wait, we didn't discuss. We don't know what's happening. There's some stinkish shit over by Evan's end of the table. Yeah. Anyway. Funny. Don't wear your white pants to battle. Nope. So That's here we are. Say. Episode 14. 14. 14. Another favorite number of mine. Really? Last time we discussed was number seven, which was a favorite number of ours. Actually, that's a filthy lie. 15. Not 14. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say just, that next week. I don't like 14, and maybe because it's just double seven. So I'm like, why would I like that number as well? I don't know. I like 13. I don't. Oh. Unlucky. That's why something about that is what makes me like it. You know? <laughs> nope. This entire uh, episode's a write off already yeah. from the beginning. Let's preface with, with Jeff's been gone away for a while. A while. It's Tuesday. We normally record on Sunday. We're We've- already pushing it. Mm-hmm. Also, he came over early. And we, I've been drinking sangria. I've been having a few beer drinks. He drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a soda drink. He drinks a lager drink. You sing the songs that remind you of the good times. You sing the songs that remind you of the bad times. Johnny boy. No, it's not like, don't cry for me next door neighbor. Don't cry for me, Argentina. She's choking on old men. Um... I think there was like some citrus in my sangria that some citrus. got got caught in the craw. So this has been an interesting week. Very interesting week. Yeah, a lot has happened. It's been a very eventful couple of days. It's we'll August it. now. It is August. So for anyone who um, is not alive, it's August. Um, not been, live? Yeah, if they haven't been checking their calendar. Sure. Or their phone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's August now. It's August Big now. Big news in the Sims Summers household. Are you guys ready for this? Drum roll, please. Drop it. That was in the drum roll. You said, <laughs> <laughs> you said y'all ready for this? And I went, do, 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 That's not how that melody goes. That's the bass line, isn't it? Jock jams? Figured, figured Is bass? Is that jock jams? Space jam. No, no, no. No. There's, a, there's like a, a mix from the 90s called Jock Jams. Oh. And it's like, I can't remember exactly how it goes. Are you ready for this? Yeah, 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 you're right. It's that. Yeah, it's that. It's that. So is that what you tried to sing before? Maybe. Buddy. I didn't do sports. Although I did love Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great movie. Did you watch uh, The Last Dance? Last yes, we dance. talked about this. Last da- uh, what's the last? Da- oh, oh Michael yeah, Jordan. basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I did, and, and I loved it. Yes, let's go back now, five episodes, and have the same discussion. Yeah. All again my about athlete friends dance. told me to watch it, and I did, and it was great. That's great. Um, anyway, tell us the news, Jeff. Tell us the news. You guys ready for this? 
<laughs> I, myself and Catherine Summers, are now engaged. Have I you mean, asked her yet, or was that you asking her now? Well, I haven't told her yet. Okay, but great. By the time this episode lands, it will have happened. Great, great, great. So, yeah. like, yeah, don't show her the preview. Don't tell her. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely not. No, no, no. I knew all about it. Yep. Gotta and say. we are engaged to be wed. And you are. We are. I'm very excited. You're going to be so wed. I'm going to be so wed. Like, um, so wed, forever wed. Forever wed. Huh. Uh, are we going to get into the story story or not the story? I don't know. I feel like it's a great story, and I feel like our listeners should know. Yeah. But I'm not going to get into it right now. Okay. I mean, it's your story. It I mean, is my story. I'm a huge part of it, not going to lie. Yeah. But so, it's your story. Yeah. So maybe next week we'll tell the story, because we've already wasted lots of time. <laughs> we'll tell the story of Jeff's nuptials. Nuptials. We'll story. Let's tell the story of tonight. Is Am I getting the melody wrong again? No, but is that what you're trying to sing? Yeah. It was a suggestion of that, that's for sure. Let's tell the story of tonight. That's the melody in a different spot, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. And then later it goes, story of the... Anyway, yeah. just <clears throat> Can we get back to politics? <laughs> Please? Yeah. So then, moving on. Moving on. So, so stay tuned for Jeff's engagement story. Yeah, I'm engaged I, to be wed. Engaged to be wed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my side of it. I'm going to tell how upset I was that it wasn't me on the mm-hmm. end of it. Uh, but no, I'm going to tell my my involvement. Yeah. And I will apologize for any splaining uh, listeners who thought they could get a piece of Jeff and Evan. No! It turns out you can't. We're taken. Nope. We're taken. You found that I was married and you're like, geez, shucks. I'll have to go for the silver medal Jeff. And you can't even do that anymore. Can't even do that. It's bronze all the way. Bronze all the way, which is um, the po- the third character in the story is the podcast itself, as as a narrative. As a narrative, yep. so the podcast is still up to be wed. Yep. Um, There's some strange people in this world. I'm sure someone would try to register to marry a podcast. Like people yeah. marry dolls yeah. and like blow up toys. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, to each their own. Which reminds me, I have to tell you something later, but I. Don't it's not appropriate it. for this. That nope. You tried to marry a doll, a blow up toy. <laughs> no, it's not that, but maybe <laughs> I have to tell you something later. Ugh. Anyway, um, fun fact: fun last fact. week I was going to bullshit you with something. Oh, bullshit then, me? Yep. Okay. And I bullshit you with something else. Great. But I was like, I'm going to use this. Turns out the thing I was going to bullshit with you, I finally went. Why did that come to me? I'm going to look that up. Is that true? And it was. Wow. And this is what it was. Barbara Streisand. Has cloned her dog twice. You stop. And I was going to be like, the fake news was going to be like, when I was talking about the cloning of animals and stuff, uh, I was going to be like, Barbara Streisand cloned her animal. Or like, I was going to throw in a celebrity, and Barbara Streisand who came, came to my head. Anyway, I looked it up afterwards when I didn't use it, and I was like, oh, no, 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 that's factual. I read that. Do you know what's funny is that if that would have, I would have sat there and been like, yep. Well, it's true. The only other person in this world who I would believe it more is Britney Spears. Mm. Well, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. Did I just give a teaser for a future episode? When we get back to conspiracies, Brittany's on the chopping block. Yep. Actually, Brittany's on the soft pillow because I think she needs love. She needs some sweet love. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how much do you think it is to clone your dog? How much? <laughs> I'm going to put it at around $25,000. Double it. You stop. It's 50 grand. Divided by two. 25. No, I was like, what did no, I get it right? It's 50. Wow. 50 grand to clone your dog. She did it twice. Now, she's That's waiting. pennies for her, though. Oh, it's pennies. She's, she had, like, a, the perfect dog, and she cloned it twice. And she had all three at the same time. Like, she cloned uh, it before it died. So do you think the dog knew? 
Uh, it was like, you are me, but at a younger age. Like the dog would have a thought. Like the second dog would have a thought, and it would enter the first dog's mind. Mm, like nope. sort of... Um, like telepathy, but no. No, not telepathy, but like... Um, telepathy. Telepathy. Like, um, Nebula in Endgame, when it's like... Yes. She, yeah, like yes. past Nebula. Yeah. Like sort of like that, like... Like second no, dog, I mean, like, want to walk by itself and I like, mean, like see a bush. The, the new dog obviously was like, "I'm me, and I'm nobody else but me." But the old dog sees itself as like, "Oh my god, that was me when I was younger." Right. It's like it's like if you like are Barbara, now, you traded me in for the new model of myself. Ugh, woof. Yeah, literally seriously. woof. L- literal woof. Dogs bark. Um. So yeah, episode thirteen. 14. 14. This is a send-in episode. We're send back to the send-ins. The last episode we did a full-on send-in was five, I think. Yeah, it was. Yep. So yep. this one is another full send-in episode, and we've already told you what we're doing, so it's not a secret. Well, half. What do you mean half? We didn't say what I was doing. Yep. Oh, no, we, we posted it on the post. face page. Yeah, on the face page. Yep. So I'm doing Circadian Rhythm. Yeah. And it's for Liam McDonald. Tell me all about it, Friend of the Dad. podcast, friend of ourselves. Yes. That friend. girl can play a board game, let me tell you. And she can do lots of knitting. She can knit like nobody's business. Nobody's business. Also, fun fact... The girl can do push-ups like nobody's business. I've been watching. She's doing the 25-day push-up 25 challenge, day, uh, which I got, I got tagged it. in, and I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I can't do it. It'll be embarrassing. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Leah is crushing it. Love it. Yeah. Love to see it, Leah. So here we go. When we think circadian rhythm, because mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a common term, we think like, oh, Lord, dying. I'm not sleeping well. My <laughs> circadian rhythm is off. My circadian rhythm. Circadian. And while circadian rhythm does affect your sleep cycle, a circadian rhythm is so much more than just that, Jeff. Ooh, do tell. Circadian is derived from the Latin for circa, okay. which means about, as in like, you know, circa six, 1965 or whatever. Sure. We say circa as in around that date. Uh-huh. And dies, which means day. So around, around the, day. the day. Circadian, about a day. The term was coined in 1959 to describe biological processes that occur in a recurring cycle of about 24 hours. Okay. It affects when we are born, when we die, and how we pass the days in between. Uh-huh. Not to mention, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. <laughs> Great, that's just what I needed. I know. As if this weekend wasn't uh, emotional, emotional enough. enough. Um, so essentially in your brain, there is a master clock located in the tiny region of your brain called the... <laughs> you have a tiny region of a brain. <laughs> you stop. <it. laughs> But I want to ask you, because you know about the brain, because you've told me about the brain. What's the tiny region of the brain that's your master clock? Do you know? The, the hippocampus. No. Hippocampus. No. Hippocampus. Episode one. The hippocampus. It is not. It's the suprachiasmatic nucleus. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Great. That's why I asked you, because it made me feel smart. I mean, I had to, I literally you, wrote, you I, read it and you I, mispronounced it. I also it. wrote it out phonetically of how to pronounce <laughs> it. Uh, WebMD likes to try to describe this as the conductor of your brain. <laughs> Striking up one section of the body's orchestra as another quiets down. Ooh. And as I read it, I was like, man, whoever wrote that was so proud of themselves. Honest to God. They were like, what an analogy I just came up yes. with. I am delighted with myself. Quick, pull up Wikipedia. Yeah. It was Sarah Yang. I checked after what her name was. And she was high-fiving herself so hard. Proud of you, Sarah. Yep. But point being, your body does stuff, taking cues from light signals in order to stay in sync with the 24-hour day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our body's hor- hormones surge and ebb to the maestro's invisible wand. Oh, Sarah. Like, do they, Sarah? <laughs> How's that come Bachelor of tonight? Arts working out for you, Sarah? <laughs> uh, did you know night often brings life? Ooh. Why, Jeff Sims? Why, why, does, why night... does night bring life? Because uh, of rest. You get the opportunity to rejuvenate muscle tissue and... 
uh, new cells are able to multiply and branch out and create new life. I like that. It's incorrect, but I like it. Thanks. Evolution has timed hormones to trigger labor and birth at night. When I say life, I mean literal and new life. In humans, yeah. In anything, not just humans. So gazelles? Gazelles, any animal. Trigger labor and birth at night. Labor and birth are still for animals. Yeah, but why? When the mother and her newborn will be less vulnerable to predators. But aren't there night predators as well? There are, but in general, way less likely to be attacked and killed in the nighttime for a person in or a person for an animal in the animal kingdom. That's interesting. I was gonna I was gonna talk about that, but I'm not going to. I mean like I was gonna ask about it on, on an episode. Oh. Yeah. Now you would think that this doesn't apply to humans anymore since we're not worrying about predators in the case room. Mm-hmm. But studies have shown that natural <laughs> deliveries occur more frequently after midnight than during the afternoon. So it might be like an ingrained through evolution. Absolutely. It hasn't gone away. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, like Harrison was born in the morning, like labor at night. Yeah. Oliver was born labor at night, born in the afternoon. It's not always labor at night. But, daddy's delight. Labor right. in morning. Mommy takes warning. Right. <laughs> but, well done. But <laughs> uh, way more often, baby's born at night. Interesting. Or at least labor at night. So it's like, I'll be safe during the labor subconsciously. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mornings often bring death. Dun dun dun. Why? Because of predators. No. Okay. Your uh, this Ugh. is specific to humans, I think. Your blood pressure is lowest around three a.m. When dawn breaks, we rouse ourselves from bed. Blood pressure spikes, increasing the risk of heart attack and stroke between eight a.m. and noon. Awesome, isn't it? Now I have anxiety in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> uh, asthma usually strikes hardest at dawn. One possible reason is that our bodies produce less cortisol during the night allergies also often flare up when we wake all things created by your circadian rhythm findings like this have led to a whole new medical field called chronotherapy chrono as in time Mm -hmm. in which doctors time medicines to the body's natural rhythms allergy sufferers can ease their morning symptoms by taking an antihistamine late at night do you know the story of me saying antihistamine or histamine no whenever I would have red wine. Like, there's a like, I have. Oh, yes, yes. And, like, Tiffany would be rotted with me because I'd be like, I can't have that wine. Like, no, it would be the next morning. And I'm like, ugh, I don't feel great. Tiffany's like, what's wrong? Like, I had red wine last night. And she's like, it's a histamine. And we'd say it in sync. Yeah. Because every time I just keep saying it's a histamine. It's a histamine, which is the opposite of an antihistamine. Correct. Yeah. For anyone who didn't know, wine is a histamine. (laughs) Yes. And it sucks, specifically red wine. Likewise, asthmatics can reduce the risk of a morning attack by taking the drug drug theophylline at night. Doctors know this because of circadian rhythm. Time it, have it at night, it'll be better in the morning. Sure. There is evidence showing that the circadian clock affects our cells' tolerance for toxins. By changing the timing and dosage, doctors hope to lessen side effects of chemotherapy for cancer patients and maximize the therapeutic effects. Oh. Sidebar. I'm reading this article. I'm looking like I'm looking at all this. I'm like, this is great. Everything is great. I'm going to deliver all this as fact, and that's what I do. But now, being an expert explainer, yeah, I've started looking at the dates of articles. Oh, good idea. And this article was like new, new technology, chronotherapy. The article's from 2000, uh, so not actually new technology. No, it very is rarely. Not. Like I, I would present that as like this is brand new, Jeff. Chronotherapy, and you'll be in a conversation like, you hear about the new wave of medical of research, chronotherapy. chronotherapy. It's like no, no, no. Read the, the date of the article. Yep. So, not so much 2000. Or not so much new. But, so now I went, because I'm an expert, didn't I get out of that article? Didn't I, yeah. I? Well, I copied and pasted what I needed. Sure. Got out of the article. 
typed in chronotherapy in Google. Oh, my goodness. And now I have some things to tell you about that. Explanation. An outdated practice <laughs> used to... <laughs> So on the note of cancer patients having drugs at certain times, yep. modern research, as in as, as late as 2018, has shown that the same dose of an anti-cancer drug can become lethally toxic when administered at certain times of day, whereas at other times, a patient can tolerate 10 times the formerly lethic, lethal amount. <laughs> lethic. You just looked at your mic as if your mic was the one who mispronounced that. <laughs> lethic. Lethic. What you, what you, what you make me say? I've ruined that whole fact, though, didn't I? No, I was with you. But isn't that crazy? That is absolutely crazy. So you're like, have it in the morning, kill you. Yeah. Have it at night, have 10 times as much, and you're still lit. It sounds like a glass of wine to me. Doesn't it? I'm going to call it bullshit. Nope. Real? Fact. Damn it. Sorry. I feel like the send-ins are a little vulnerable to be placing bullshit, because someone else is actively trying to know, and unless we call the bullshit, it, it can potentially blur the lines of... Truth. Sure, you're still wrong on the bullshit artist so far. Can it be passed back and forth throughout? Or is it like, I now am? And No, I think, I think you are the official bullshit artist if you're the only one who has claimed bullshit title. Right. So like, in an episode where we both guessed whether or not the person had bullshit, neither one of us are the bullshit artists. Because the other one was able to guess correctly. So they're not really a bullshit artist. But if someone incorrect- they guess correctly, they, get it. they are the bullshit artist, right? No. Because yeah. because no 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 because if like let's say you just had bullshit and I called it and said no nope, that's bullshit then you would not be the bullshit artist no you would be no I'm just someone who's able to no 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 no, no, no I just no, unless no. unless I I pull one over like pull the wool over your eyes on other bullshit but you guess it, and I trump yours but I think if if the other person does nutting mm-hmm. and you call the bullshit then you're the bullshit artist maybe. I always saw the bullshit artist as the person who was an artist of bullshit. So they were able mm. to create and manifest but bullshit. But also sniff it out. Sure, I guess right? that would be like... You're such uh, an artist, you can look at other art and go, that's bullshit. Ooh, bullshit connoisseur. Bullshit connoisseur. But, excuse me. As, do you want to do anything with that dog? I don't know. Can, I was just about to ask if anyone can hear the dog. <laughs> hey guys, can any of you hear the dogs? I can. And I can as well. So everyone, please welcome for the first this, time this is his premiere. His premiere. Introducing. Introducing. Benedict the Golden Doodle. The bastard child. The bastard child. Oh, his parents are getting married now, so it's all right. It's okay. No, he uh he was barking like crazy. And Catherine and Tiff were taking care of the babies. And you know And failing on the dogs. Honestly. <laughs> Well, you can't do two things at once. That's honest to God, multitasking. Yes, you guys do everything. We'll just sit down and talk to our friends. Yeah, seriously. Shocking. We're the, we're the worst. Uh, okay, Benny, so we're going to go ahead and talk. So here's what I was saying. Yes, please Leave tell me. amounts of this cancer drug sometimes, other times not. But as new as some of the science may be, circadian rhythm is something that has been noted as early as 400 BC. Mm-hmm. Androthonus of Thassos... Oh. An admiral of Alexander the Great described diurnal leaf movements from a tamarind tree. Diurnal meaning daily. So, like, he would watch the leaves move. I mean, he didn't have anything else to do, but he would watch the leaves move daily in certain patterns. Also, noting, remember when we started this podcast? We were like, how are we going to come up with new new topics every week? We're going to run out of stuff so soon. Yep. Every time we do a topic, I'm like, I want to know about this. Yep. Androthonus of Thassos. I'm like, who are you? Tell me about you. Also, <laughs> Alexander the Great. Like, I've heard of Alexander the Great before. Yep. Don't, I know he's king of something. That's all I know. 
But like, I want to know about you. Sure, so and, do I. And then I went on like the tangent of people, like Helen of Troy, Abe Lincoln. Was he good? Something mm. to do with slaves. That's, you've, you've missed a couple of steps between Helena. No, I know. Genghis Khan. Tried uh, to take over the world. Yeah, that's a good one. He was Mongolian, I think. He was a warlord. Yeah, he was I don't a warlord. Know. But like endless possibilities. All, all topics we could do. Excellent. So if any of you are interested in any of those people we just mentioned, please email us at info.splainin at gmail.com. I already wrote them all down. I mean, it'd be nice to know if someone else is interested too, so it's not just us entertaining ourselves. But yeah, email us at info.splainin <laughs> at gmail.com. We digress. So in Chinese medical texts, the circadian, circadian or diurnal process was mentioned dating back to the 13th century. In 1729, a French scientist noted circadian oscillation in the 24-hour patterns of the leaf movements, despite the plants being kept in total darkness, which at the time was like, great. But someone was like, oh, Andros, figured that out Ugh. 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Good job, you French scientist. Go on, you nobody. Seriously. In 1918, animals were found to be capable of maintaining a 24-hour pattern despite the absence of light and temperature cues. What does that mean? So circadian rhythm is usually based mostly on light cues. So you're, you're basically, your body is reacting subconsciously to the sun, yes. and, or lack thereof. When they took animals, took them away from sunlight, took them away from temperature, as in like the temperature was consistent and it didn't get colder at nighttime, the animals still reacted exactly the same throughout a 24-hour period. must have taken uh, a, a lot of, I don't want to use the word irrational, but irrational studying of animals to see that pattern come to fruition. And the fact that it was done 2,000 years ago. No, 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 you were listening. This was done in 1918. Oh, I yeah. thought you said that portion was discovered 2,000 years ago. No, no, no. You're right, I wasn't listening. But still correct. But at this point, they were just studying circadian rhythm of that. Yes, of course. Um, then in 1994, the first mammalian circadian clock mutation was discovered in mice by Joseph Takahashi. Takahashi. So I guess he, like, I don't know, mutated. I don't know. What did he mutate? The clock or the mammal? Doesn't matter. <laughs> he cares? mutated the clock? It's mammalian circadian clock mutation. I'm, I don't know. That's one sangria ago for, for me. Oh, absolutely. Through all this research, it is clear that circadian rhythms can influence sleep-wake cycles, hormone release, eating habits, digestion, body temperature, full mm -hmm. circle, and other important bodily functions. Yay, Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I was going to say, other importantly bodily functions immediately made me think of pooping. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're scientists, and they didn't want to say pooping. So they were like, no. other bodily functions. Blech. Um, irregular circadian rhythms have been linked to various chronic health conditions, such as sleep disorders, obesity, diabetes, depression, bipolar disorder, and seasonal affective disorder. Wow, so an interruption in a... Circadian rhythm, yeah. ...could cause those things. All those things. Interesting. And now we've arrived at Leah's more specific question. Please. Why do I wake up at the same time every day? Asks Leah. Mm -hmm. So the body's master clock or SCN, which is like the supromabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabal
No, she's not. Oh, she's not in the room. No. <laughs> Rue is upstairs wreaking havoc. Uh, yeah. Um, throughout the night, our sleep cycles between REM, rapid eye movement, and non-REM sleep, non-REM <laughs> <laughs> Each stage of sleep has a different threshold for how easy it is to be woken up. Yep. So one explanation for waking up at the same time every morning or each night is that you got to sleep at the same time, and then at the same time each night, you reach a light stage of sleep. Yep. So if you're constantly going to sleep at 11, say within five or six hours, that's when you reach non-REM and therefore are easy to wake up. Mm-hmm. Now you can change your circadian rhythm by altering your sleep schedule to a new consistent routine, mm-hmm. altering your meals, whether you work out in the morning or at night, or at all, if you're me, and a bunch <laughs> of other things as well. But this seems specific to humans, mm-hmm. because when we schedule our days, it's like a unique thing. Like Animals don't schedule their days. Benny's not like, I'm going to go downstairs and bark now. Benny just goes on instinct. So I would assume that's why when they had animals with the absence of light and temperature, their circadian rhythm didn't change because they don't have like a 9 a.m. hair appointment yeah. and they got to go to the dentist at 2.30. Ironically, it's your statement. Benny you wakes make up... You're a joke. What? Go to the dentist at 2.30. At 2.30? Yeah. <laughs> I get Tiffany with that once a week. Oh, do you? Good. Uh, but it's funny because Benny gets up at the same time every morning yeah. and will bark to use the bathroom. Yeah. I'm sure he has to use the bathroom, but the yeah. reality is, is that he knows once he comes in, he gets breakfast. So he's hungry. Yep. Goes to pee and then comes out and gets food. But, but he's also hungry because of his circadian rhythm. Um, no, because we inconsistently feed him lunch and supper. What do you mean? Yeah, like, but you're talking breakfast now. Yes, but the like, I guess the the circadian rhythm would be he's is he hungry because he went to sleep and that he's hungry because he went to sleep at the same time. But it, but he may not have. That's what I'm saying. Is that the nighttime there's inconsistency of like he may have had supper at five or he may have had supper at like ten p.m. So he, mm. he may not actually be hungry. Is he going to bed at the same time each night? Like within an hour or two, probably. Well, that's con- I think that's probably consistent enough. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say, I say it is. But that's why he's waking up at the same time. And he's always he had his routine of, I'm going to go out and pee because yeah. I got to pee now. I got to pee. And I got to eat now because I'm hungry. Yep. Yep. Uh, related to that, though, there's also jet lag. Yes. So people get jet lag when they travel. It disrupts their circadian rhythm. Yep. When you pass to a different time zone, your biological clock will be different from your local time. For example, if you fly east from California to New York, you lose three hours. Again, full circle. When you wake up at 7 a.m. on the East Coast, your biological clocks are still running on West Coast time. So you feel like it might be 4 a.m. Your biological clocks will reset, but it does take a few days of waking and sleeping at a new schedule. Mm-hmm. So adjust quickly because you're adjusting to a new 24-hour clock. But all the processes that happen in your 24-hour clock stay the same. Yes. Right? So they're yep. only shifted by your sleeping. Yes. So you still will get hungry after you've been awake for two hours or whatever. You won't be like, what? It's five o'clock home and it's nine o'clock here. I'm hungry for supper. Yeah. It just totally shifts because everything else is consistent. Yes. Right? But one thing scientists have found is that those traveling through time zones north to south experience significantly less jet lag than those traveling east and west. Scientists have since hypothesized that the prime meridian causes more of a shift in circadian rhythm than the equator, and no one knows why. Right? Now can I call bullshit? You may. Yeah, uh, bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> because the prime meridian has nothing to do with time zones. Uh, I was like, or no rather, the equator right. has nothing to do with time zones. The time zones only happen laterally. Exactly. Yeah. I knew that. Laterally? You know why? Lat- is that, is That's this? laterally. Yeah. And this is horizontally. No, this is horizontally. That is laterally. Yeah. So horizontally. Yeah, one of them does not affect time zones whatsoever, so it doesn't make, make a difference. Of course, it doesn't affect it north and south. That's not how time zones work. That's not how life so, works. Yeah, but also, you listened to the time zone episode, and now you know. Exactly. 
Nice. Knowledge is power. And I have the power. That was my first bullshit where I was like, I'm testing your knowledge bullshit. Mm. Yep. I mean, all of them are testing knowledge. Yep. And testing bullshit. Uh, so then I thought. Oh, we're not done. Well, I'm not done because, I mean, I was done, but then I was like, but my brain kept going. What if you're in space? Will your circadian rhythm be so ingrained that you'll stick to a 24-hour clock? Because, like, there is no, like, it's 24 hours because you're on Earth. I think it depends on how long you're in space. Oh, I looked it up. I'm going to tell you. Oh. <laughs> Did you do three weeks on, three weeks off? Like, rigs? <laughs> Gone to rigs. Uh, uh, so, yeah, like, once you leave Earth, does it go out the window? So, scientists predicted that astronauts aboard the International Space Station uh-huh. would find their circadian rhythms disrupted, given the lack of sunlight. But measurements of 10 astronauts' core temperatures surprised scientists, Ooh. having them conclude, you can take the boy out of Earth, but you can't take an Earth-based rhythm out of the body. <laughs> Which is like, buys. How many scientists uh, does it take to tell a joke? Yeah. One, but it's only a joke if other scientists are in the room. Because <laughs> no one else is laughing. I am. I found it funny. Yep. Well done. Thanks. That's a lovely topic. And Thanks. we have our next topic. It was emailed in to us by... Leah? No, Leah did yours. No, no, Leah McDonald. Yes. Oh, what is your topic? Sunburns. Oh, for God's sakes. It's Grace. Oh, God, yes. Grace Grace. Rose. Yes, Grace Rose. Yes. Yeah. Um, So she emailed us one, which is great. We loved it from the very beginning. She emailed it to us like week two, I think. It was early on. It to was the very point where, like, on. I got to make a message to be like, Grace, we're doing it. Like, I know you've waited a while, but here it is. I have to deal with this dog. I apologize. Yeah, so this topic is sunburns. Uh, she mentioned it to us a little while ago, and like Evan just mentioned, we were writing her saying, yep, we're going to get to it. We just had to find the appropriate other episode to kind of go next to it to pair it with to pair it with it's like a lovely oh. saint evan i was gonna say a pair of sangria is he spilled sangria all, over all down my crotch <laughs> um but but grace was uh, unlike some uh send-ins not that i'm i'm saying some aren't good but they're all great mm-hmm. but like grace was specific she's like here's my topic and i've got like six questions yes so the questions are as follows one Oh, by the way, she sent it to it in a sentence, and I just segregated it into questions. One, why do I get a sunburn while I'm skiing in the winter? Why do I get sunburned on a cloudy day? Why do I get sunburned quickly by a pool or on a boat? I guess, I'm just wondering, how does the environment affect the sun's rays and our skin? Yep. So I segregated it into four questions, and I'm going to touch on all of them. But first, let me go into uh, sunburns and how... It actually happens, and what happens chemically and biologically and physiologically mm-hmm. when we actually get a sunburn. Right. So first off, let me note that most burns are caused by obviously something that is hot, you know, like a stove or hot water and stuff like that. And yeah, that's an actual like chemical first, reaction. First, second, third degree burn. Yeah, yep. like an actual reaction on the skin from whatever's touching the skin. Right. There's right. Contact. Exactly. Sunburns are not actually caused by the heat. Yeah. It's the light. I mean, yes, but sunlight, like almost every other topic that I've talked about on this podcast, is made up of wavelengths <laughs> of radiation. Something funny? Yes. Why? That. Wavelengths of radiation just happen. Just like, like everything else. I was like, yeah, you do get stuck in a rabbit hole, don't you? Yeah, of yeah. wavelengths and radiation yeah. stuff. So if anyone can remember the ones from before, it's like AM, FM, and then you go into all these other wavelengths. Um, the sun, X-rays. X-rays, exactly. Uh, wavelengths. Uh, the sun produces many different types of rays, one of which is infrared radiation, which is actually what causes the sun rays to be warm. Right. Is the infrared rays 
keeps keeps us warm. Uh, the visible light. Mm-hmm. So remember how I said that within certain frequencies that you can actually see different colors, and that's yes. what the visible that we can see. Right. Um, that's what gives the sun. Uh, gives us the ability to see because right. of the sun. We can see light. Then there is the ultraviolet radiation. Right. Which is like the first step we can't see. Right. Yes, it's it's the first thing after yeah. visible light, yeah. um, and it's what causes the actual sunburns. So, like UV, when people say UV, yeah. ultraviolet, it yeah. sounds silly, but that's what it is. Um, so, just as visible light actually consists of different colors that become apparent in a rainbow, uh, the UV radiation spectrum is divided into three regions: UVA, UVB, and UVC. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as sunlight passes through the atmosphere, almost all of the UVC rays are absorbed and stopped before it can get to the earth thanks ozone thanks ozone uvb and uh uv oh hold on yep uvb is absorbed by ozone water vapor oxygen and carbon dioxide thanks ozone thanks ozone uh but some of it actually still gets us thanks mostly thanks a little bit thanks but no thanks uva is not filtered at all and is significant as significantly by the atmosphere Atmosphere. So the three types of UV radiation are classified according to their wavelength. Okay, They differ in their biological activity and the extent to which they can penetrate the skin. The shorter the wavelength, the more harmful the UV radiation is, which we've learned. Right. right? When you go from different types, you go from ultraviolet then to X-ray to gamma. Right. And the shorter the wavelength. The more it's messing you up. Messing you up. So, as we just said, shorter wavelength, UVC, is the most damaging type of UV radiation. However, it is completely filtered by the atmosphere and does not reach the Earth's surface. So, planets that aren't, like, full of life, like this party atmosphere, that's why, like, life isn't growing. is because, like, UVCs and stuff isn't filtered out, and it's just, like... Mm, I wouldn't say that. So, it's not about... uh, Like, our, our atmosphere is likely a better shield for life than many other planets because like in our solar system we're the only planet with life presumably that we know of like mars might have a bit of water and something else or like maybe had life at some point sure but now it's like the uvc is getting through burning it up but the reality is is how much further is mars from the sun than we are right so are they really getting the same level of uh, intensity i I don't have that answer true 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 yeah yeah, maybe this another episode uh, so the medium wavelength uh, UVB is very biologically active but cannot penetrate beyond the superficial skin layers. It is responsible for delayed tanning and burning. Oh. In addition to these short-term effects, it enhances skin aging, significantly promotes the development of skin cancer, um, and also most solar UVB is filtered by the atmosphere. So only sure. a little bit of it will actually get through. Okay. The relatively long wavelength, UVA, Mm. accounts for approximately 95% of the UV radiation reaching the Earth's surface. It can penetrate into the deeper layers of our skin and is responsible for the immediate tanning effect. Furthermore, it also contributes to skin aging and wrinkling. Right. Okay. But not the cancer. No, it is also cancer. I actually erased the next sentence that said, uh, back in... (laughs) Back in 2000, right. <laughs> studies show that now uh, it actually long prolonged uses of UVA right. can cause skin cancer. Okay. Okay, so UVA and UVB are primarily responsible for disrupting, disrupting important molecules in your body and your skin. Okay. We'll call them your DNA. Sure. Just to make it easy. Yeah. Okay. Your body does the best it can to protect you from these harmful rays. Right. Right? So just as the same as we talked about before about x-rays, about too much radiation can cause mutation in your DNA, Mm. the same thing can happen from these radiations. When UV rays hit your skin, 
pigments called melanin absorbent. Okay. And they shield your DNA from harm. Okay. So similar to our atmosphere absorbing all the UV rays mm. or uh, the... Um, Sorry, I just got distracted for a second. And remember those metal plates that they wear during x-rays and stuff? They yes. absorb it and stuff like that. Yeah. Last conversation. The melanin acts to absorb the x-ray so it does not harm you. Okay. Or sorry, the UV ray so it right. does not harm you. So melanin is present in our skin all of the time. Okay. It's what gives all of us our own skin tones and skin colors. And like when you eat bananas, you get a little bit more. Melanin? <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, what fruit can I eat to give me more melanin? Get more melanin. Just rub bananas to hope you get tanned. There you go. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it's created by special cells called melan- melanocytes. Melanocytes? I hate this. I think I, I, always... I, I, think I went to high school with her. Melanocytes. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks because I obviously do this research when I'm sober, and then the second I have a few drinks, it's like I've never seen the word in my life. Or have ever spoke English in your life. No, melanocytes, maybe. Yeah. Which distribute the melanin to other, here we go, other cells called uh, serotinocytes. <laughs> Yeah. Serotinocytes. Okay. Serotinocytes. Yep. Yeah. Those are the most common cells. Okay. In your outermost layer of skin. Sure. So when your skin is exposed to UV, yep. Okay. The melan the melanocytes ramp up their melanin production and they transfer the melanin to the serotinocytes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> The UVs are harmful. <laughs> <laughs> this happens, obviously, to varying degrees yep. based on your genetic makeup. Um, but that's why your skin turns darker or tan if you're out in the sun for long. Okay. Okay. That's the generalized. Do you understand that? In the I sense, think I do. Yep. Uh, that is actually what causes your skin to change right. color. If if no other um, factors are involved, yep. That's what happens with every person. Every single person on the yep. on the world. Yep. And that's something to recognize is that the body is an adaptive organism. Yeah. So similar to working out, if you continuously work out, your body's going to go, "Oh, we're going to keep doing this over and over again. Let's change right. our physiological yes. and our biological means so that we can continuously do this easier." Right. So if you're constantly exposed to sun, like more melatonin. You need more all the time. You sure, here melanin. you go. Yeah, you need melanin. more melanin. What's melatonin? Oh, Mel- that's what, is I was what you just about. said. Yeah. yeah. So exactly, if you're exposed to more sun, yeah. then your body goes, whoa, 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 this is super, super harmful. Let's create more melanin yeah. in order to absorb those UV rays, so it doesn't actually screw you up. Right. Right. Which is where you get to different parts of the world where people have different skin tones. Yeah. Which is actually super important with everything that we're talking about right now in culture. That that is the only difference. The right. only difference is that people live in different parts of the world and they have different melanin and that's why we have different skin tones. Sure. It's crazy. Like just something so biological like that is the only difference. It's just where you were literally born. That is it. So people like native people from Africa. Mm-hmm. That's why they have dark skin. Because like that's, and I'll, I mean, because they're, again, I could be speaking in a term, but like. Mo- like most civilizations actually started in Africa. Is that correct? Yes. All right. civilized, all, all yeah, human. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like all people needed obviously way more melanin. Yes. Because the sun is hot as heck. Yep. And then and I'll get into that a little bit in terms of like geographically why right. that's important. But what happened that's is their skin, their skin just stayed dark forever. Yeah. So as people dispersed across yeah. North and South and kind of moved away from the equator and got to colder yeah. sections, their bodies did not need as much melanin to combat the UV rays. Whoa. So because of that, their pigment got a lot whiter. 
So that's literally the only difference is the melanin in the skin due to where they are geographically based on the uh, UV rays. But you couldn't explain that to someone who's racist. And they'd be like, oh. they just be like, nah. Nah. Assholes. Yeah, I hate that. Me too. Anyways. Yeah. But fascinating. Fascinating. So, unfortunately, sometimes there is too much radiation for the melanin to absorb. And that's where we get our damages, and that's where we get our sunburns. Right. Okay? Sometimes the radiation will directly affect your DNA. Your DNA, we'll call it. Like I said, we'll simplify it. Which is damaging it in just a trillionth of a second. Right. Sometimes UV rays can do something more sinister. They can actually turn your melanin against you. And what that does is the radiation can make your cells produce these harmful molecules called free radicals. Which I don't think is correct, but I'm believing this person who said it. Sure. Essentially, what they do is they excite an electron in your melanin. Okay. The melanin then excites electrons in your, we'll call it DNA, which can cause a mutation then in your DNA. Okay. Okay. Which will obviously branch off and mutate and create cancerous cells. Once this starts happening, yeah. well, obviously before the cancerous part, but once this starts happening, your body starts producing warning molecules. Okay. If there are enough of them created, they produce a signal. Your body will mount an inf- inflammatory response, sending lots of different types of blood cells to the area to stop and repair the damages. Okay. It's this influx of blood that causes the redness you typically see with a sunburn. Really? Yeah. It's your body being like, nope, it's your get body, out of here. It's your body reacting to the harmful UV rays that actually causes that red burn and causes all of those reactions. So what ends up happening is that the UV rays will come, they'll tr- the, the melanin will try to stop it. If it can, great, and you'll just be normal like a normal day, or you might get a little bit bronzed, we'll call it. Right. If it's too much, then what happens is it causes all these damages to your skin and to the, the pigments and stuff like yeah. that in your skin. And it goes red. And, it, and your body is trying to heal it and repair it, and it just shoots red, and that's where all that comes from. So interesting. Super because interesting. I thought, and I guess that's where the burn, because like, when you think burn, you think like things go red or things, you know, like orange or whatever, like fire color burning. Yeah, yeah. So if you burn your finger on the stove, it's like, oh, everything's going red. Yeah. But it's going red because of everything going there to help your body attack it. Deal with it. Yeah. Wow. Didn't yep. know that. And sometimes it's gone past the point of no return and it causes like third degree burn and second degree yes. burn and stuff like that. And that's what causes all those other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, a sunburn is not the same as your body touching off a hot surface, but more so an excitement of the electrons in the melanin that ultimately causes mutations in your DNA. The more severe, the more severe, the more inflammation, the greater the sunburn. Okay. So like mentioned before, sometimes UV rays can alter and mutate your DNA and cause cancerous cells without actually causing any burn reaction. So remember how it's at a trillionth of a second, it can just go boop. That can cause a mutation in your DNA. Can it cause And you'll never know you got a sunburn. No. Sometimes like that's that's the scare is that a lot of people they're like I don't get any sunburns. I'm never in the sun. The first time you get a sunburn, the first time you're exposed, it just takes that one time. They're 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 just susceptible to it. Or it just happens. It's I don't want to say it's luck because it's obviously not luck, but it's just shitty statistics. All right. So now that we have a general understanding Mm. of how sunburns work and stuff like that with UV rays and stuff like that, now we can start answering the question. So number one, why do I get a sunburn when I am skiing in winter? Mm -hmm. So something I talked about in the previous episode with the ice age is the importance of surface area when it comes to heat conduction. Okay. What I mean by that is that the ground can absorb more heat from the sun than certain surfaces, i.e. ice baby. 
ice, ice, ice bounces baby. it off. Exactly. Ice will actually reflect a lot of the UV rays coming so from does the sun. Water. We'll see. Go on. So to answer your question, it is I I will call it a uh, three-stage reason why you get burned more when you're uh, skiing outside in the snow than you think you should. Right. So the main reason is reflective surfaces. So when we look at the reflective surfaces, I'm going to name off a couple just so you have an idea. So I'm going to name the material and then the percentage level in which the UV rays actually reflect off of that surface. Okay. So asphalt, so just brand new roadway. Yep. Okay. 4.1% of the UV rays will reflect off of it. Old, why it gets so hot. Because it's all absorbed. Exactly, Evan yeah. Smith. Exactly. Old gray roadway, 8.9. Right. Yeah. Concrete, so like a footpath, 8.2 to 12.0. Okay. Grass, 0.8 to 1.6. Your lawn. Grass is doing better than the other ones? Yep. Wow. It, yep. Lawn, like just like your normal lawn, 2.0 to 5.0. Yeah. Fiberglass boat deck, 9.1. Okay. A white house pane, so white paint on a house. 22% reflects off of. Okay. White beach, a wet beach sand, 7.1. Yeah. Dry beach sand, 15 to 18. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. Clay, 4 to 6. Open water, 3.3. Oh. Open ocean, 8.0. Sea surf or the white foam. You know, like the white yeah, foam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 to 30. Mm. Old snow, 50. Whoa. New snow, 88. Whoa! Wood deck or board, 6.6. So that's what I'm... You should have ended. I should have ended there. I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) So what ends up happening... This list is a lot of lists. I was like, he's going to end with some big numbers. And then you didn't. You ended with wood deck. Yes. The small woodland creatures. Um, So that's going to be your main reason, is that almost all of the radiation that is hitting the snow is bouncing back up and could potentially be hitting you. So if you aren't protecting your face accordingly, like if you get really just warm just from skiing and stuff... Those are insane statistics. Yeah. The closest one next to snow was 22. Yep. And snow was 50 and 88. 50 and 88. All snow versus new snow. (laughs) Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, is middle-aged snow. Middle-aged snow. Rotted. Ryan snow. Three three <laughs> kids running around ragged. Hasn't slept now in six days. Um. So yeah. So that's gonna be your main point. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about the other in a couple seconds, but altitude, because traditionally when you are skiing, obviously you're in higher altitude because you need to be where snow is. Right. So I'll talk about that in a second. Closer, but that's gonna be your yeah. second one. Right. And the third one I'm also going to talk about a little bit, and I'll come back to it once I do. But the main, I'd say like 85% of the reason why is because the reflection of the UV rays off of the snow. Yep. Very little of the radiation is taken in by the ground. Question number two. Why do I get sunburned on cloudy days? Well, let me tell you. Clouds and haze. So be careful not to underestimate the, ev- the amount of UV radiation passing through clouds. Right. So as I mentioned before, certain objects can reflect certain UV rays, like the objects that I mentioned before. But similar to skin and similar to other objects, UV rays can pass directly through them, right. i.e. our atmosphere. Right? UVC cannot pass through our atmosphere. It gets absorbed. But UVA and UVB can predominantly get through. So many surfaces of it, as I said, reflect UV radiation and add to the overall UV levels you experience, as mentioned above. UV levels are highest under cloudless skies, and cloud cover generally reduces a person's exposure. However, light or thin clouds have little effect and may even enhance UV levels because of scattering. 
So don't be fooled by an overcast day or a cold breeze, even a long stay in open shade. For example, between buildings, or it may give you a uh, may give a sensitive person a sunburn on a day with high UV levels. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, is that if if there if the UV index is high and there's lots of UV rays coming through, yeah. sometimes they can pass directly through clouds. So it gives people a false sense of security. Yeah. So to answer your question, UV rays can still pass through clouds. So wear your hat. Wear your hat, wear your wear your hide your wife, hide your kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why do I get sunburned quickly by a pool or by a boat? I'm going to skip that question. I'm going to go to number four. I guess What's, I'm wondering... What do you mean you're going to skip the question? I'm going to come back to it because it's, it's a discussion point. Okay. So the question number four is, I guess I'm wondering how does the environment affect the sun's rays and our skin? So some things that will affect it. So time of year and time of day. Mm. Okay. So UV levels vary mainly with the height of the sun in the sky and in mid-latitudes are highest during the summer months during the four-hour period around solar moon. Right. During these times, the sun's rays take the most direct path to the Earth. Okay. So it's just a straight line straight to the Earth. Yeah. In contrast, during early morning or late afternoon, uh, after late afternoon hours, the sun's rays pass at a greater angle through the atmosphere. So they travel through more to get there. Right. So much more UV radiation is absorbed and less uh, and less reaches the actual Earth. Right. So the time of the year and also the time of the day are going to strongly affect the UV index. Okay. Latitude, which is what I was going to talk about in a second. Latitude and altitude. Uh, UV levels are higher closer to the equator, which is what we said about Africa and other uh, areas right. where it's warmer. Closer to the equator the sun's rays have a shorter distance to travel through the atmosphere and therefore less of the harmful UV radiation can be absorbed. Right. So it's just traditionally just radiated higher. Yeah. Altitude. It's in a straight line. Exactly. Altitude. With increasing altitude, less atmosphere is available yeah. to absorb the UV radiation. Makes sense. With every thousand meters in altitude, UV levels increase by approximately 10%. Hmm. So those are things that affect our atmosphere. So one thing to talk about when we look at clouds and we look at haze and and stuff that we do on our day-to-day to to affect the climate, obviously more chemicals and things into our ozone and into our climate, the more that can absorb the UV rays. But in that same breath, not every chemical and everything can actually absorb UV rays. Like we mentioned before, clouds and stuff can, it'll just shoot right through it. Right. So what's really going to make a difference is the ozone. The ozone is put in place and that's how we are created because of that equilibrium between what's up there and what's down here. And do we still have holes in the ozone? Yes. And that's what I was just about to talk okay, about. Okay, good. Great. So how we affect our ozone in terms of what we are doing, yeah. greenhouse gases, and what I talked about last episode, yeah. if we keep doing what we're doing and it continuously are opening up different areas in the ozone, yeah. we are allowing more radiation into the earth, yeah. which is heating up the earth even more and expediting what we were saying. And if you're literally under that hole, mm-hmm. you're not getting nearly as much protection from the UV rays. Exactly. Which is why in some weird world... Yeah. Sometimes Newfoundland has a higher UV index than Florida. Oh. Yeah. So like the other day, we were out in Trinity. Yeah. And I was out in the sun for like two or three hours. Yeah. And buddy, did I get burnt. Yeah. I wouldn't get this burnt if I spent the whole day in Florida. I mean, you're also a pasty boy. I have very low melanin. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's super important as well. So how we affect and how the environment affects the UV rays is mainly going to be those those main factors, like I said, the positioning of the sun, but then also the atmosphere. And the atmosphere is, is in our control, but also not in our control. Um, and that's how those things are affected. 
Um, so just to touch a little bit about the UV index, okay. it was developed to help protect yourself from the sun's damaging UV rays. Okay, the higher the UV index, the stronger the sun's rays, and it's um, and the greater the need to take sun safety precautions. Is that specific to where you are on the Earth? They became. What do you mean? Like, is the UV index a certain level for a certain day or a certain level for a certain day for a certain place? It's, it's at a certain time in a certain place. So it's hourly per place, per day, per week, per month, uh, per year. Okay. So what actually but happened— Today, the UV index in St. John's was 28. No, that is the temperature. No, when I looked up at the weather, it said UV index 28. No way. Not a chance. That is ridiculous. Because low is 0 to 2, moderate is 3 to 5, high is 6 to 10, very high is 8 to 10, and extreme is 11 plus. Which means <laughs> okay. you're a cooked egg if you're outside today. So maybe it was like, does it... The temperature is 28. The UV index is probably like 8 or 9. So hang on. Okay, no. Okay, here's what I'm saying then. Maybe, if say it was 21 degrees and the UV index was 7. Yes. Would it be like, it feels like 28? No, no. Oh. No. You're thinking of humidity. Maybe. Yes, you're thinking of humidity. The humidity is whatever the unit is for humidity. Added on to that. It's the same thing as like wind chill. Yes. It's like it's minus five, but with the wind, she feels like minus 182. Yeah. Right? But what the UV does, it actually doesn't affect the temperature at all. Okay. All it affects is the extremes of the actual UV rays that are coming in and the probability of you getting burnt. Maybe it was 2.8. 2.8 is still kind of low. I would expect it to be kind of high. Maybe I was looking at something else. Maybe. But <laughs> Evan was looking at his clock. It was 2.30 yeah. in the day. It was looking at how many ounces I was drinking of Sangrilla. Sangrilla. Um, but the UV index is sort of a wide scope look so that you have an idea of how much uh, sunscreen you have to wear, how long right. you should be staying outside. Yeah. Like It could be 35 degrees, but the UV index could be zero. Which right. is impossible, but it could be. Right. In which case, you can go out with no shirt on and have zero concerns of ever getting burnt. Right, which isn't going to happen, but it's possible. Exactly. Whereas the exact opposite, it could be like five degrees and overcast. Yeah. But the UV index could be seven. Yeah. So you could go out and be like, bye, like I'm not going to do a thing, but you yeah. might get burnt. Right? So I hope that answers your question about the things in our environment that actually affect the sun's rays and, our, and the sun to our skin. Totally. So now let's have a chat about the pool and or on a boat. Okay. Okay. So this is one that when I was looking up, I got a little bit of a conflicting information on. Here's one thing I think. Yeah, please tell me. If you've got water on your skin, yep. that is affecting the sun because um, it's, uh, wait, hang on. I don't know why. Okay. But I feel like if you have water on your skin, that affects it. Uh, okay. That's Positively why. or negatively? I don't know, but it's affected by it. Sure. So years well like it's always been a kind of cautionary tale amongst like parents and kids of like oh don't stay in the pool too long you're gonna get a worse burn and, and it was always this this idea that being in the pool or being on the boat or being by the water or being by the beach you get a worse burn right. than if you're just out running around the grass when in fact doesn't matter was that a question or a statement i'm uh both both interesting so first off a when I first thought of that, I was like, I can answer that question. The same thing that you said. The water, it'll just reflect off the water. And if you're in the water or by the water, the UV rays aren't absorbed by the water. But the reality is, water is 3.3 to 8.0. So it's a very minuscule amount of percentage of the UV rays. But grass is a little more than that. Well, no. Grass is marginally, but that's not relevant. Okay. What I'm trying to say is that the reflecting of the UV rays from the surface area mm. isn't really making a difference. Right. Okay? Okay. Uh, so actual... 
I don't know if I want to call it physics, but like scientific evidence to prove that you'll get burnt more f- while you're in the water, around the water, or on the water yeah. is, is non-substantial. Okay. It's, it's, not, it's not there. Right. But there is a correlation. Okay. But as often, correlation does not imply causation. Okay. Right? So what popular belief is, is when you look at behavioral things when you're down by the pool or down by the beach and stuff like that, what is it often affiliated with? Vacation. Also, you're there all day long. You're getting loaded. Yep. You're not putting your sunscreen on. You're not putting your sunscreen Or you're well, there all day long is, is a super important part. Yeah. And oftentimes, if you're by the pool, what does that mean? It's a gorgeous day. Yeah, and you're sitting out You're in sitting it. out If it's a gorgeous it. day and you're out in the grass, like, let's go in for lunch. Let's go to this. If you're by at the beach... You're there from nine to five. You mm-hmm. brought your lunch. Yeah. You got your tunes. Exactly. Your also, what happens when you go into the pool? 95% of the time, your sunscreen washes off. Even sunscreen that is waterproof, it's still going to wash off. Right. right? That's only bullshit. Right. So people are inconsistently applying sunscreen. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is that I, I believe, and what I've been reading, yep. is that it's more behavioral based. Okay. Is that people are there longer, like you said. They're jumping in and out of the water, so it's washing off their sunscreen. Yep. They're also not going in and out of shade. Right. For instance, if you're, if you're just like a normal day walking on the grass, you're probably sitting under a tree or going in to get an ice cream or yeah. going into your house to go grab your keys because you forgot them. Then you're going back in your car and you're driving back and forth. Like, right. You're not outside exposed all of if the time. If you're on the beach, you are under the sun. Like, even when the sun is moving throughout the day, it's still on you. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same thing with fishermen. Fishermen say when they're on the boat, when they're on the water, right. they get way more burnt than if they're not. Well, no, no shade. Re- there's no shade. You're on yeah. a freaking boat. Yeah, you're in the middle of the ocean. You're in the middle of the ocean. Also, yeah. I think there is something to be said about uh, like the climate in terms of like clouds actually being formed over the water right. and just like gaping openings for the sun to just beam down on you. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure some of it is reflected off the water, but as I said, very small percentages of it, but you're just out and you're exposed. Yeah. You're also working really hard on the boat, which means guess what you're probably doing? Sweating. The tarp's coming off. You're oh, not going your around. With, off. Yeah. You're probably yeah. not with your full long sleeve shirt off. So you're probably, also, if you're a fisherman, you're not like, Oh, now pass over that, uh, the know, SPF, SPF 70. SPF 70 there. Now he's like, um, Give me some fish guts. I'll yeah, rub them I'll on rub my body. that. On. Exactly. Yeah, I'll yeah. kiss the cod and that'll yeah, be worked. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I think there's a correlation that yes, people do get burned more near water and on the water and stuff. I do not think it is causation. I think there's just a correlation. Right. I think it's behavioral based. Right. Now there is something to be said about the water on the level of the skin, the surface area of the skin. Yes. When there are water droplets and stuff, it can actually work as a magnifier, mm-hmm. similar to like a magnifying glass, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of that. Right. But the surface of your skin does not hold and retain water. And what I mean by that is that oftentimes when you get wet, it will scare off of the body. It'll fall off of the body. Right. Or if it's hot enough, it will evaporate. Right. So if you've ever gone to Florida, I'm sure everyone or anywhere south, yeah. you've gone into the pool, got out of the pool, and you didn't even dry yourself off. You just lived there. You just lay in the chair. Within yeah. five minutes, you were dry. Yeah. Because the reality is, is that the water would evaporate. And then right. it, it, it's, it's kind of, yes, it does do a thing. But within that five minutes, it's kind of irrelevant. Right. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Because everybody and their dog thinks that there is a causation to that. Uh, but I think there is just a correlation. By rights, if you are at the beach and you're applying your sunscreen properly, you're getting a little bit of shade here and there, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be getting any more burn than walking down the road. No, but, I th- but exactly. If you're out, you're out. Yeah. Um, but if you're at the beach now, white beach, so very dry, non-wet beaches, 
if it's a white material, it will the reflect sand is off. reflecting more. Yes. And therefore, maybe reflecting onto you. Exactly. So it's actually funny. People who hide under um, an umbrella, the umbrella is never usually directly vertical. Right. It's often cocked off to the side. Right. So like the umbrella is there, and you're kind of hiding under it a little bit, so the sun's at your feet. Right. So it would reflect off and come and hit you directly. Mm. Also, materials, just because they provide shade, does not mean that they're protecting you from UV rays. For instance, white T-shirts have a uh, UV seeping of, I think it was like 2 or something like that, like 2%, like very small amounts can actually seep through the shirt. If the shirt is wet, it gets even more. Right. It's crazy. And the way to tell is if you have a T-shirt or some sort of object and you hold it up and you can see through it, through the sun, it is a poor UV protector. Right. So just because you're wearing a shirt does not mean you are protected from UV rays. Hence... If you wear black on a sunny day, it gets hot like, as hell. You're gonna be so hot. Don't wear black on a hot day, but mm. it's because it's sucking up the UVs, yeah, baby. you're not gonna get burnt. No, it's it depends on what can be see through. So some umbrellas are they're not completely pointless or worthless, but it's not gonna completely protect sort of you. Garbage. They're garbage. Yeah. yeah, I think the the moral of the story is is that radiation sucks in every capacity. Wear your sunscreen. Wear your sunscreen. Kids. SPF 30 minimum. Minimum. Old man, I wear SPF 50. Yeah, you do. You pasty. You didn't wear it this weekend by the look of you. No, I didn't. Do you know why? I thought it was cloudy. <laughs> and you did your research when you got home. Now you know. Now I know. I hope these answered your questions. I hope we didn't muddy the waters, so to speak. Um, if anybody has any corrections, please let me know because I don't claim to be an expert, even though I am by now on rays and wavelengths of radiation. Um, let me have it. Okay. Thank you. So that's episode four. 14. 14, baby. What a joy it has been to be your splaining hosts up to now. Unfortunately, starting next week, new hosts will be taking over. Yeah, we had to actually find other talent. Yeah. The producers gave us the notice last week, so they've been holding auditions, and you're going to meet your new host next week. The new hosts are actually Neil deGrasse Tyson and, Robert and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. Um, no. And they're calling it Neil Squared. Oh. Maybe I can call them. What a great idea. It could be the comedy and the science. And we could be the producers and still make all the money. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a producer. Man, there's so many references to um, the producers. In life? In our show, Dingus. Well, I think in our lives, and therefore through the podcast. Like, you and I make them... As a reflection to our Lots of times life, yeah. when not being recorded, they're also made. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so... We made it. We made it. Here we are. Just to give everybody a little bit of a heads up, uh, there's going to be a video launching. You've probably already seen it. If you haven't seen it, there's a great opportunity to go back and watch it. Who's seen it? Our, our People they have seen our video? Yeah. That we haven't made yet? We're about to make it. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Our, the reason that I got the um, words, Evan, I got the idea uh-huh. from seeing Kristen Bell and Josh Gad, because I'm obsessed with The Good Place, so Kristen Bell videos come up all the time. Yep. They did a video of this BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed friends quiz, and they knew nothing about each other, but they were like, they're good friends. Yep. I was like, Jeff, we should do this. It'll be fun. It will Let's be fun. Let's film it. And we're going to. So we're going to do it either tonight or tomorrow, depending on how much sangrillas we have. We're hoping that it's going to launch before you see this, but it might launch afterwards. If it hasn't, go watch it. If it has, go watch it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And as always, please make sure to go to our Facebook page, like it, 
to follow us on Instagram and uh, make sure you go to whatever uh, place you listen to your podcast and rate us. Uh, give us a great little testimonial. As you can see from the post we made earlier that uh, people have been shouting us from the hills. A lot of great things people have been saying. All factual. I mean, I don't include the the rude ones. No. I just put in the good ones. Absolutely. And I, and I go on the Facebook page and delete the negative ones before anyone has a chance to see them at any time of night. Yeah, and then we completely block them from ever being able to Absolutely. post them again. And then we go in, create fake Facebook profiles, and make very kind reviews. Exactly. And then we post them as if they were actual reviews. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Um, so make sure you do that so we don't have to do that anymore because it's yeah, a lot I'm of work. Yeah, I'm tired of doing it ourselves. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you have a topic you want to send in, as you as you heard, you might have to wait 12 episodes, but we will get to you because we love you. We do. So send them in. It is info.splanin at gmail.com. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. You got some Shangri-La.